And if you would, go back with me to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. <clears throat> We're actually going to be in this psalm this morning and this evening. And uh, if you, of course, have been around here, uh, there's, I've explained this before. It won't take a lot of time at the beginning of the message because of the time. But uh, there's a couple different ways or styles or types of messages. Some messages are what they call topical messages. And maybe uh, a, a pastor, a preacher might preach on maybe love or on, uh, you know, happiness or obedience or something like that. <clears throat> and they might be in various places in the Word of God. And then there's another type of a, of a sermon that's called an expository sermon, which is where maybe you would see, like I do here often, I will go to a passage and we'll just journey through either that entire passage or maybe a few verses and, and really let the Word of God speak for itself because we are a Bible-believing church. It's not this morning, what I have to say is not as important as what God has to say. And so I will tell you that this morning is more of a topical message from Psalm 34. Tonight, we're actually going to look at a little bit more of an expository approach. We'll talk a little bit more about what Psalm 34, the background behind it, some of the things, we'll, we'll begin to dig into it. So that's why I said don't miss this evening, and we may be in Psalm 34 quite a bit this year. Yeah, I, I said it earlier, it's a psalm that we could easily live in, Psalm 34. And so one verse this morning for our text, and it's verse number three, which is our theme verse for the year, and that is Psalm 34, verse number three. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Let's say that together, all right? Here we go. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. You know, I love this word, magnify. I think back to what I said earlier, Philippians 3.13. Remember how Paul says, he says, this one thing I do. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before. When I think about what Paul's saying is, he's saying, look, I, I'm the one thing I'm going to do in my life, and I love studying the life of the Apostle Paul, is I'm going to magnify the Lord. He says, I want to make much of God in my life. And there's two kinds of magnification so that when the human eye looks at something, we can see it for what it is. Notice, go back, go back, go back. There you go. And so you have these two kinds here. You have a microscope and you have a telescope. You guys familiar with them? And so when you look at these, now the, the difference between the microscope and telescope is, is that a microscope makes small objects look bigger. Do you remember when you were in school and you would take a slide like a piece of glass and you would put something on it and you would put it underneath of that microscope and you look through those things and you could blow it up and see what it was. And then when you put your eyes on it, you're like, ooh, you know, you remember, I remember in class we would dissect frogs and all kinds of things. Remember those days? Some of you, uh, you're too old now, too distinguished, I guess, to remember those days, <clears throat> you know, but but that's what, a, that's what a microscope would do. A microscope would take something that was small, and as you looked at whatever it was that was small, it would make it bigger so that your eye could see it. You know, it's like my kids make fun of me. I mean, I don't know if you've arrived yet in your life, but, you know, I just recently got a, a, an update on my, my phone, and when I got my phone, first thing I did was I went to the settings, and I went to the text, and I went to the text size. 
and I made the text size like mammoth. You know, I don't know about you, maybe your eyes are better than mine. You say, Pastor, you don't even wear glasses. They're on my eyeballs. They're called contact lenses, and they're not just contact lenses. They're bifocal contact lenses, all right? And so Pastor is, like right here, Pastor is almost blind. But I can see back there. I can see what Yvonne's doing right now. He's back there misbehaving in church. So, so here's the thing is, that's what magnification when, it, when you think about a microscope, that's what it does. It makes small objects look bigger. But what does a telescope do? Well, a telescope is a little bit different because it actually makes large objects that are distant look as big as they really are. So some of you maybe over the years, maybe you have one at home now where you have one and you stargaze. You look at the planets or whatever, and they're way far away, and, and you're like, whoa. You know, you could see them. I love to get up and, 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 and in the morning, I love to get outside when it's still dark and walk. I love to see the stars. Uh, about a week or two ago, I was walking along, I saw one fall. I think it was Lucifer. But, uh, but, but I, I saw one fall, and I, I, and I think to myself, but, but the human eye, we see those, and they're just like little specks. But a, a telescope makes those large objects that are distant look as big as they really are. It's kind of like what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 69:30. He says, "I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving." I'm going to magnify God. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. When you look at Psalm 34 and you think about what David is saying here, we'll look a little bit more at this tonight. David wasn't saying that I'm going to make a small God bigger. That's not what David was saying. What David was really saying here was he was going to make a big God to look as big as he really is. Because when you think about this, we aren't called by God to be a microscope, we're called to be a telescope. Do you know there's a lot of people that you work with, family members, friends, neighbors, that don't know God like you know God? And what you and I need to do is still, instead of fretting and and worrying about everything in life, we need to live as if we serve a big God. And we need to tell people about how my God can supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, folks, listen, God is a big God. He inhabits the universe. And yet we live like he's some little, itty bitty little God. And the world needs to see God for as big as he really is. That's what David was doing here in Psalm 34. And the Bible tells us that as Christians, what we need to do is we need to make God's greatness begin to look as big and as great as it really is. Peter said it this way, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's why we're saved. That's why God has left us here. That's why we exist, not for ourselves, but so that we can magnify him. Look, you can't magnify something that you haven't seen. Let me say that again. You can't magnify, you can't make something big if you haven't seen it or you have forgotten. See, if you're like me and you study the scriptures and you live your life like a child of God, you see how big God really is. And can I tell you, listen, it ought to be easy for the child of God to magnify the Lord. 
because our God is a big God. I think about this word magnify. I'll give you a little lesson here this morning. Magnify is the Latin word magnifico. You didn't know I knew Latin, did you? But I do this morning. Now, the neat thing about that word magnifico, it actually comes from two words. The first word is the word magnus, and the other word is the word facio. You like my accent? Best one I could come up with, all right? But the word magnus or magna means great. And the word facile means to make. It's a verb, to make. When you combine those two words together, magnifico, it means to make great. So when we talk about magnifying the Lord, we're talking about making God great. Well, how do we do that? How do we magnify the Lord? How are we going to do that this year? How are we going to do that in our lives, in our homes, on the job this year? How are we going to make God a great God? Listen, again, we can't make him any greater than he already is, but we can certainly lift him up and magnify him before those that are around us. And one way that we can magnify the Lord is to expand him, to increase the apparent dimensions. People have no idea. If you're like me, listen, last week, if you were here when Dr. John Getch was preaching, wasn't that a great revival meeting we had? Dr. Getch had one message. He started talking about all these things about the universe and about God. Listen, doesn't I was just sitting there thinking, whoa. You know what we are? We're a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck. That's what we are. But God is huge. I can't even humanly give you the dimensions of God. I can't do justice to how great God is. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can talk about him everywhere I go. I can talk about it all the ways that God has provided for me, and I can talk about how great He is in my life. Look, you, we cannot make God any bigger than He is, but we can make Him large in our lives. You, you, I don't know if your car's like this. I don't know if they do this anymore, uh, but you remember when they used to put on car door side mirrors, they put this saying right there, objects in mirror appear larger than they, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you don't use your mirrors. I can just tell, uh, and, and I'll just confess my sins this morning. My wife's sitting there going, and you don't either. I don't know why they put them on the car, because when I, my kids were driving, my kids would just knock them off, you know. But, but when you look at this, I mean, on, these, on these, these mirrors on cars, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Objects, the truth is, those objects really don't get any bigger. What happens? Our perspective changes. See, when you read the Bible, you know what happens? The way you look at God, your perspective changes. You start to think about how good God is. How great God is. And that's how we magnify the Lord. Look, one way that you can magnify the Lord, remember, you can't magnify something that you haven't seen. So what do we need to do? According to the Bible, we need to draw near to God. The Bible tells us, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to thee. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Hey, listen, God says, don't be double-minded. 
He says, I want you to draw near to me, and when I do, I'll draw near to you. He says, magnify me in your life, Psalm 73. It is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. We need to draw near to him. Well, how do we do that? By spending time with him. Well, what has God given us to spend time? His word. Now, I've been kind of cheating because I've known what the theme is. So I started my Bible reading this year on January the 1st, and so what I'm doing is, as I'm reading my Bible, I have something right next to me, so as I'm reading and I'm asking God, I'm writing down all the ways that God shows me that the Lord is magnified in my Bible. The Lord's magnified in His healing. The Lord's magnified in His power. The Lord's magnified in His authority. Can I tell you, I've only been reading, uh, since January the 1st, I've only been reading, what is today, 17, 17 days, and I've already got a long list of all the ways that the Lord has been magnified in His Word, and I'm learning more and more about God every day. Another way that we can learn more and draw near to Him is through prayer, spending time with Him daily in prayer. Hey, listen, God's given us all these avenues that we can spend time with Him. Here we are today, what are we doing? We're worshiping Him. We're spending time with Him. Hey, look, church isn't something you check off the box for the week. This is time to see how big and how great our God is. See, as you look at the Word of God, we can magnify the Lord. How? By expanding Him. The Bible says as we look in His Word, we see how great He is. Hey, think about what the Bible says. God saw everything that He made, and behold, it was very good. Do you realize that everything that was in this world, God made it. God made this world out of nothing. And listen, God said, everything I made, it was good. And that wasn't until man touched it. It was kind of like my car, my wife and I, not, not that it was a brand new one many times, but when we would get a new car to us, and then we would let our kids get in our car. And then it was not good. It had french fries and spilled this and all kinds of stuff. But God says, everything I made, he says, it was very good. The Bible says in Psalm 95, in his hand. Think about this. In the hand of God. It doesn't say hands. It's singular. It says, in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his. And he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Wow. Talk about dimensions. I mean, we look at this world, we think it's a big old place. Dr. Getch helped us with that last week. Listen, this world is nothing. It's just a part of the, the big scheme of what God has created. This world, this universe, and the Bible says here that in his hand, not just this world, but everything, God formed everything. The Bible says in one of God's crowning points of his creation in Genesis 2-7, the Lord God formed man. Out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I'm sorry, ladies, but you got up this morning. You know what you did? You put makeup on dirt. That's what you did. Because the Bible says ashes to ashes. Listen, God formed us out of the dust of the ground. Only God could do that. You see, we need to magnify the Lord by expanding Him. And then secondly, this year we can magnify the Lord by extolling Him. This means to make Him great in representation that you and I can exalt in description. Hey, let me ask you a few questions 
Which is bigger, a basketball or a softball or a rocking chair or a couch or a car or a house? How about this? The earth or the sun? Or How about this one? Your problems or your God? You see, when I look at all those, I mean, I think about the description there. Do you believe the last one? Because a lot of times what happens is we think our problem, we think God can't solve our problems. We think this is beyond the scope of God. You see, when I magnify the Lord, it means to extol Him, to exalt Him in description. Isaiah said this, he said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. You know what? We need to get a glimpse of God the way Isaiah did. To see how holy our God is. Not only is is he a holy God, but the Bible says he is rich in mercy. He has abundant grace. The Bible says he has great grace. He is not only just, but he is just and the justifier of them that believeth in Jesus. The Bible tells us that when we're near him, what can we do? We can magnify him, not listen, not only in our lives, but as we magnify him, guess what we're doing? We're magnifying him to others. See, people around us need to see God. We need to extol him as we magnify him, give him glory and praise. Why? We need to praise him for who he is and what he has done in our lives. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Spend your life telling other people about all the good things God has done for you. When's the last time you shared Something God's done for you. Can I give you an easy one in case you don't have one? If you stuck your hand right in front of your nose, you'd feel some warm air. It's called breath. God's sustaining your life right now. He's helping your lungs pump oxygen. See, he's the giver of life. He's also the giver of eternal life. And as we magnify the Lord, we can do it by expanding Him. We can do that by extolling Him. But look at this third thing we can do this year. We can magnify the Lord by elevating Him. In other words, raising in estimation. Look, I love this. And a lot of times when I talk to Brother Flynn, or Brother Flynn even prays here, he always talks about coming into the presence of God. Folks, do you know that's a privilege for any child of God? That we can come boldly before the throne of grace. I don't have to go to some man who's a sinner just like I am and ask him to to maybe take my petitions to God. I can go right to God myself, the Bible says. And as you think about coming into his presence, folks, listen to me. Again, here it is. Your perspective should change. I don't know how you look at church. But as we come together, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there will I be with thee. Do you know God's here today? Think about that. God's here. Aren't you glad God's here? I mean, Moses went up to the mountain. He's standing in dust. And God says, take off your shoes. Why was that ground holy? Because he was in the presence of God. See, when I think about magnifying the Lord, 
We can't magnify him if our perspective is skewed. We don't look at him as for who he is, for what he does. This year, I, I hope that as you get into the word of God, you see things more accurately. That God, his word helps us to see things clearly. And when we see God in a correct perspective, we won't doubt God's ability or God's willingness to put us over the top in various aspects in our lives. And as God helps us and as we see God, here's what happens. It'll produce praise that'll come off of our tongue. We will exalt him. We will praise him. Our incense will rise. The Bible says in Psalm 47, God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the, the, the throne of his holiness. In the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 16, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let men say among the nations, look at this, the Lord reigneth. God's still on the throne, folks. God's in control. Folks, there's a lot of things out of our control, but everything is under his control. See, this year we're going to, as a church, with God's help, we're going to elevate the Lord. We're going to elevate the Lord in our Bible reading. We're going to elevate the Lord in our prayer. We're going to elevate the Lord in our worship, and we're going to elevate the Lord in our giving, and we're going to elevate the Lord in our witnessing for Him. We're going to elevate the Lord in our service to Him. Let me give you some ways, and again, there's probably many more, but even from the scriptures, ways that you and I can magnify the Lord. And notice with me here, six ways there in your notes that we can, first of all, live in a way that always glorifies the Lord. The Bible says, what, whatever we do, do all to the glory of the Lord. How about this? Wake up every day, not some days, not just the good days, but wake up every day thanking the Lord. Why? Because his compassions fail not. How about this? Praise the Lord when you're happy. And by the way, that's pretty easy most of the time. I mean, I will bless the Lord, it says right here in Psalm 34, verse 1, at all times. But how about the next one? Look at number four. Praise the Lord when you're sad. Well, pastor, you just crossed the line right there. But look at Hebrews 13, 15. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God how often? Continually, even when maybe things aren't going well. We can magnify the Lord when we praise Him when we're sad. How about this? We can thank God for saving us. How many of you are saved today? Isn't that a blessing to be saved? Greatest day of my life. I've had some good ones. January 22nd, 1984 was the best day of my life. My spiritual birthday. I still think about it. God saved me from sin. God saved me from spiritual death. God gave me eternal life. And you know what? Every day I think about that. And I want to magnify the Lord. Why? Because he saved me. God saved me from my sin. And then look at this one. This one's pretty simple. Remember the goodness of the Lord. Well, the Bible says there in Psalm 27, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hey, folks, look, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to see the goodness of God. You can see goodness of God everywhere you go. It's a, it's a blessing. 
And this year, you know what I want to do? I want to magnify the Lord. And I look, not because of me, but I want to invite you, like the psalmist says, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. This is a great opportunity for us this year. <clears throat> but, but somebody said it this way, before we can learn the sufficiency of God, we must learn the insufficiency of ourselves. So God is good. But you know what? We, we are not. And that's why John the Baptist, and I think about these words, John's, John the Baptist, John the Baptist had many people that were following him, excited about what he was doing. And John the Baptist, he, he saw Jesus coming unto him, and John the Baptist just clearly said, he must increase. And, and it, pardon me, I'll just say it this way, and I need to just get out of the way. I must decrease. John said, this isn't about me. And can I tell you this year, this church is not about me either. It's not about you either. It's about him. Magnify the Lord with me. And so as I think about this passage, the only hope of a decreasing self is an increasing Christ. Magnify the Lord with me. Would you bow your heads with me this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? I, I know it's kind of an odd illustration. But I said it earlier, God hasn't called us to be a microscope. You know why? Because a microscope looks at small objects. God's called us to be a telescope. I want to be a telescope. You know why? Because I want to see with my spiritual eyes, God for as big as he is. And then I want to show others how big God is. How many of you, like me this morning, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, Pastor, I want to magnify the Lord this year in my life. Would you raise your hands this morning, hands all over the place. Let's stand to our feet this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you want to come and say, Lord, help me this year to magnify you, why don't you come to the altar this morning and say, Lord, show me how to do that. Help me when I'm happy. Help me when I'm sad. Help me to remember your goodness in the land of the living. Why don't you come this morning as a child of God and just say, Lord, thank you for being so good, but help me to help others to know how big you really are. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I've mentioned a couple times that I know, the Bible says, these things have I written unto you, that you may know that you have eternal life. People say sometimes, well, how do you know for sure? Because we have God's Word, the Bible. And the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, here's God's promise, shall be saved. That's not our church. That's God's Word. And we trust God. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, God's inviting you. Come unto me. Would you put your faith in the Lord this morning for eternal life? Receive the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ. Our heads are, are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. But if you've never made that decision to come to Christ, 
And you've seen in your life how it just seems like things are not right. I remember 35, almost 36 years ago. It seemed like something was missing. And I didn't realize it was the Lord. I'm so glad that he made himself known to me. And that I opened my heart and received him. If you're here today and you've never done that. You see, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. But it also says God is not willing that any would perish, but have everlasting life. So if you want to be saved today, right where you're at, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you just pray a simple prayer to the Lord? There's no magical prayer. But maybe pray something like this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin Lord come into my heart and be my savior I trust your promises I wonder if you prayed that prayer just now Lord I know I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin come into my heart and be my savior no one's looking around this morning. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. But as I pray, I want to include you. I don't know your name. But God knows who you are. And as no one's looking around, would you just do me a favor? Because I want to include you this morning by an upraised hand. Pastor, I prayed that prayer and asked the Lord to be my Savior this morning. I received eternal life, which is through Jesus Christ. Would you just slip your hand up? You can put it right back down. Pastor, I prayed that prayer. I asked Jesus to save me. Would you raise your hand? And you can put it right back down. Anyone at all this morning? Lord, thank you for this morning, for the opportunity to magnify you. And bless the remainder of our time here this morning. Thank you for those that are here, especially those that are visiting with us. Lord, I pray that I know that, God, you have spoken to hearts. I thank you for this theme. Lord, for months I've been just rejoicing in this theme. And I look forward to this year and what you have for us as a church. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. You may